Well, good morning. Have a seat. Make yourselves comfortable. We are so excited to see all of you here on this beautiful, warm, and windy Sunday morning. Whether you're here in the auditorium with us, or you're out in the courtyard, or you're part of our live stream audience, we are just so thankful to have you all with us here this morning. And before we get started with the sermon this morning, um, just a couple of quick announcements for you. The first is that next Saturday there will be a young adults walk and lunch. They are going to take the Oso Trail have a nice walk, and then have lunch together. They're going to meet at 945 at Bravo's California Fresh on La Paz Road. So if you're part of our young adults group, we want to certainly invite you to come out and join us for that. And if you have any questions at all, or you need directions or anything like that, just reach out to Michael Wexler, and he will be more than happy to help you out, answer any questions that you may have. And the last thing that I want to talk to you guys about this morning is we are going to be joined on May the 2nd by One by One. And if you are not familiar with One by One, they are an amazing a cappella group from Pepperdine University. And there are two types of people, those who love One by One and those who have not heard One by One. So if you fall into that second category, you definitely want to be here with us on Sunday, May the 2nd. And this is a great opportunity for you to invite any friends that you may know that you've been trying to think of a way to invite them to church. This is a great opportunity for us to all invite folks to come and join us on May the 2nd for One by One. It'll be an amazing morning of worship. So... That being said, let's go ahead and transition into the book of Nehemiah. Now, if you've been with us, we've been studying our way through the book of Nehemiah for the last several weeks now, and it's been amazing to me just how often I have found this, this series and this story from the book of Nehemiah to be extremely applicable to what we are going on right now in this time and in this place. And you're going to see this morning that we're going to continue kind of with that theme, and we're going to tackle Nehemiah chapter 8. Now, chapter 8 in the book of Nehemiah is all about the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, I asked Brandon to sing that last song that we sang because we sang that over and over and over again. Now, I hope that you individually find the joy of the Lord is your strength. Or maybe you, you hear that phrase, and maybe that's a phrase that you've even heard before and might be a little common to you, but maybe you're just not exactly sure what that means. Or maybe you fall into the category this morning where or maybe you're just not feeling that joy of the Lord. Well, we're going to try and change that before we leave here this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, or if you have your Bible app, or your laptop, or however you like to read Scripture, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles this morning to Nehemiah chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 1. So again, Nehemiah chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Here we read, All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. Now, this may seem like just a very basic, very introductory verse, and you may, you may look at this verse and go, well, there's not, really, there's not really anything there, but there's actually a lot here. If you look at the very first part of this verse, it says, all of the people came together. Now, I love this because it doesn't say that Nehemiah or Ezra called the people together. It says that the people came together. And why did they come together? They came together because they wanted to hear the word. And where did they come together? They came together at the water gate. Now, again, some of you may say, well, what's the big deal about that? Who, who cares where they met? This was actually significant that they met at the water gate because this meant that anybody could come. Adults, children, 
believers, non-believers, anybody could come. If they had had this meeting, if they decided to come together in the temple, that would have restricted the people that could have come to this very important meeting. So instead they met at the water gate and they asked Ezra, hey, bring out the book. We want to hear the word. Bring out the book, Ezra. We want you to teach us. Bring out the book, Ezra, because we are dying to hear the word of God. Because remember, we are talking about back in the days of rebuilding Jerusalem, right? They didn't all have a phone in their pocket, right, where they could pull up the Bible app. They probably didn't even, most of them have a scroll where they could read the words that Moses brought. And a lot of them couldn't even read. So the way they learned was to hear the word. Now, I think there's something powerful about hearing the word. And you guys have all heard me say this before. When I do my Bible reading, I love to use the Bible app and I love to use the audio. There's just something about hearing the word that allows you to just sit there and to think about it and to kind of picture the things that are going on in your mind. And if you haven't tried this, and this is something that's new to you, I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to listen to the word. There's just something powerful about it. Now, there's all kinds of apps out there that will allow you to do that. There's even one out there that allows you to hear the Bible read by James Earl Jones. So I don't know about you, but hearing the word read by Darth Vader sounds really appealing to me. But my point is, find one that you like and a voice that you find pleasing and try just really listening to the word or listen to the word and follow along with the word. Because I don't know about you guys, but I learn best when I hear it and I see it. When I read books, I read them on Kindle because I like to use the voice recordings because it just really helps me to just kind of get lost in the story and not get hung up on the words, which is easy to do in the Old Testament. All right, so let's go on to verse 2. Verse 2 says, So the last day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. Now, again, I love this because he wasn't just talking to the men. He wasn't just talking to the women. He was talking to the men, the women, and anybody that was able to understand. Because they wanted to share the word with everyone. Verse 3 says, He read it aloud from daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And the people listened attentively to the book of the law. So here's the cool thing. If you look at the very beginning, it says he read from daybreak until noon. So that's about a six-hour time frame. So today I'm going to try and do about a six-hour lesson today because I really want us to get into this story and I want you to hear it the way that they heard it. So buckle up. We're going to be here for about another five hours. Is that okay with everybody? Obviously, I'm not going to do that, but I love the fact that they, were, they listened attentively to the word for six hours. Six hours. Attention spans to listen to the word for six hours. Now, I don't know about you, but I deal with teenagers all the time because I'm the youth minister. I can barely get them to be attentive for about five minutes. Six hours they listen to someone reading The word. I just love that so much. And again, we see in the presence of the men, the women, and the others. Remember, when things are repeated in the Bible, right? When they say it over and over again, it means we need to pay attention to it. It means there's something we can learn from that. So let's go ahead and jump forward to to verse 4. It says, Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. 
it says, beside him on his right stood, and here we go with the, with the crazy Old Testament names again. It says, <laughs> Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on the left were Padia, Michelle, Malkijah, Hashem, Hazeludah, Zechariah, and Meshulam. So, He's up on the platform, he's going to share the word, and he's got all of these people with him. Now, we, we don't know specifically who all of these people were, but when you do a little bit of digging into this verse, when you do a little bit of research, these are, are most likely kind of the community leaders, right? These are kind of the people that are there to kind of give credence, to try and get the people to understand, hey, if this is important to us, it should be important to you. Now, I don't know if they were elders of the church or how that worked, but they were, they were certainly some type of community leaders, and that's the reason that they were up there with him while he shared the word. And he's on this big platform, kind of like, you know, we have a stage, they had, they had a platform, and that way all of the people that had gathered could see him and could hear him. So in verse 6, it says, Ezra opened the book, it says, all of the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. So he opened the book, and people stood up. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. It says, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So much good stuff here. So much good stuff when we talk about worship. And I think this is, this is crucial. There's a reason that they talk about many different ways that we worship in the Bible, right? The first it says they stood. Now, as a rule, when you stand, right, that is a signal of reverence. That is a signal of this person is important. When the president walks in the room, everybody stands, right? When you go to a wedding and the bride walks in, everybody stands, right? It's, it's, it's a sign of respect. It's a sign of appreciation. It's a sign of, of realizing who this person was. So when he started to say the words of God, they all stood up out of reverence. The next one says they lifted their hands. So they lifted their hands in the air as a symbol of receiving the word. It says they shouted amen. Amen, amen, they shouted. Because see, if you, if you heard a couple of verses back, right, they were attentive to the word. They were listening. They were tuned in. They were paying attention. And when they heard something that they liked, they shouted amen. Right? We still do that today in some churches. Some churches you get walked out the back door for that. Um, it says they bowed down. Now, here, here's my point, and here, here's why I made a whole slide out of this. There are different ways to worship, right? There are different ways to show your respect and your adoration to God for all that he's done for us. And, and maybe you like to stand up, and maybe everybody else is seated, and we're singing a song, and it just moves you, and you want to stand up. That's okay. Or maybe you want to lift your hands in the air. That's Okay. Maybe you want to sit while everybody else is standing because that's how you worship, because that's how you get in tune with the Holy Spirit. That's okay. And maybe you want to shout amen. That's okay too. Or maybe you don't. See, sometimes we, we, we think that if people worship differently than us, that they're worshiping wrong, and I don't think that's the case. Worship is such an individual thing. It's between you and your Creator. And however the Spirit moves you, that's okay. It doesn't mean you're any holier or less holy than someone else. It doesn't mean if you're, if you're on your knees with your hands in the air that, oh, that person is really in tune with the Spirit. Now, they may be, but, but you worship the way that you worship. 
And that's different for each and every one of us. And that's okay. That's the point. It's okay to worship God in the way that you feel close to God. And again, if that's raising your hands, great. And if it's not, that's okay too. Let's continue with verse 7. It says the Levites. It says Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Hamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiai, Masai, Kelatai, Azari, Josabad, Hananan, and Peliah, it says, instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. It says, they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving meaning so that the people understood what was being read. I love this. So the Levites in the crowd, and we know that the Levites, right, were the priestly clan, so to speak, actually just went out into the crowd and were helping people to understand what Ezra was saying. Because it's very possible that some of these people were hearing the word for the very first time. This might have been the very first time they've heard these words. Or maybe it was the thousandth time they've heard these words. But they wanted to make sure that everybody understood what was going on. So they literally walked out into the crowd and made sure that everybody knew and everybody understood. And I love that so much, right? Because that, that, that's what I do, right? I, I hear the word of God, and you, you can all read the word of God, but I help you to kind of understand it. I help you to kind of unpack it, right? That's what teachers do. That's what ministers do. That's what Sunday school teachers do is we just kind of help people understand it because maybe they haven't had the chance to study it or maybe they don't know the resources to go to to help them understand the word. The Levites got it. They're like, hey, we need to be out there amongst the people helping them to understand. Let's go ahead to verse 9. It says, then Nehemiah the governor, because we know Nehemiah is kind of the, you know, he was in charge of rebuilding Jerusalem and he doesn't always refer to himself in this way. But it says, Nehemiah the governor and Ezra the priest and the teacher of the law and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. So why were they weeping? Why were they weeping? Now here's where you got to kind of go back in our story, okay? Go back to the very beginning. Back to the very beginning, when Nehemiah's brother went and kind of scoped out Jerusalem, what was the news that he brought back? He said, the city is in shambles, and the people are in shambles. Because, see, the people somewhere along the line had lost their way. Somewhere along the line, when they got exiled, and or when they came back from being exiled, they had lost their way. They had gone off track. And now they were hearing the word, and they were weeping. They were weeping because they were hearing the things that they were supposed to have been doing and realizing, man, I dropped the ball. I have not lived up to the expectations that God set for me. And it brought them to tears. It brought them to tears. Because they were so moved by the word as they sat and reflected on their own lives They were so moved. COVID has done a very similar thing to a lot of people. There's a lot of people, and I've talked to a few, that just 
don't feel good about the way they've acted during COVID or the way they've behaved during COVID. We know that statistics say that during COVID, alcohol sales are through the roof. We know that during COVID, drug sales are through the roof. And sadly, we know that during COVID, suicide rates are through the roof. It's a sobering fact. But see, that's exactly what the people were going through. Is they're thinking to themselves, man, I just haven't done it. I haven't served like I could have. I haven't behaved in a manner that I should have. And they wept. They wept. But here's the cool thing. There is nothing that we can do to make God love us any less. I say that again. There is nothing that we can do to make God love us any less. Now, don't read into that, that that means we just behave however we want, go off the rails. But what it means is, even though it may break his heart, nothing you can do is going to make him love you any less. Those of you who are parents, you get this, right? Our kids do things that break our hearts, but it doesn't make us love them any less. It may even be the opposite. It may even make us love them more because it leads to those rebuilding and the conversations that we get to have with them. But nothing you can do will make God love you any less. And we're going to look into that. We're going to look into that because guess what? You are never too far gone. And I, for one, am very thankful about that. Because I'm just going to be real transparent with you. I've made my fair share of mistakes. I most certainly have. But I'm forgiven. Andrew this morning talked about worry. And that's exactly what the people were doing. They were worrying because they were understanding, look, I have dropped the ball. I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. But like Andrew said, and we're going to get to this here in just a minute, we don't need to worry. Because nothing you can do puts you so far gone that God just wipes his hands of you and says, you know what, I'm good. I'm done with you. I don't want to do this anymore. Let's, let's flip over to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Let's jump into the New Testament just real quick. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And this is what we read. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. And for me. And for each and every one of you. This is exactly what Nehemiah is talking about. He's saying, look, I understand that you're upset, but you don't need to be upset because of the joy of the Lord is our strength. When I read this, I think back to the, to the story of the lost sheep, right? We all know this story of the lost sheep. It's become even more popular in the last few years because of the, the song Reckless Love. But we know that he talks about leaving the 99 to go after the one. Now, for those of you who are numbers people and for those of you who are money people, that makes no sense. Right? It makes absolutely no sense to leave the 99 and go after the one. 
But that's exactly what God does. He leaves the 99 and he goes after the one because while we were still sinners, he loves us so much. He wants to have a relationship with us even though we let him down over and over again. So let's see what the response was. It says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. It says, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. See, here, here's the best part. And if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your past. And I, for one, say, thank the good Lord for that. You're not defined by your past. If you've made mistakes in your past, it's okay. If you've had addictions in your past, it's okay. Because our strength comes from the joy that God has in us. Our strength comes from the love that God has for us, the love that was enough to send his son to die for us so that we don't have to worry, so that we don't ever have to feel like we're too far gone because we're not and we can't be. Let's, let's look at another uh, verse out of the Old Testament. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. He will rejoice over you with singing. I love this verse. I love this verse so much because it says, he takes delight in you. See, that's that joy that we're talking about. He takes joy in each and every one of you because he loves you. Because he wants to have a relationship with you regardless of what's happened in the past. He's willing to put all that behind you and behind him. Let's finish up with verses 11 and 12. It says, The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Again, that's the second time, right? They've they've told them not to weep, and then twice now not to grieve. It says, Then all the people went away to eat, to drink, and to send portions of the food and celebrate with great joy because now they understood the words that have been made known to them. See, they finally got it. They went from weeping because of their past and because of the mistakes that they've made to finding that joy that we have in the Lord. And it says, at the very end, it says, with great joy because they understood. See, this is why it's so important for us to understand the good news of Jesus Christ. Because when you understand the good news of Jesus Christ, like we talked about earlier in the service, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. We just give it all to God. Because our strength comes from the joy of the Lord. So here's the things that I want you to remember from today. Here's the things that I want you to, to put in your pocket as you walk out the back door. And I know some of us need to hear this. We got to have a desire to learn and to apply the word. 
See, in this story, the Levites, right, went out into the crowd to make sure that people understood what they were talking about. They went out in the crowd to make sure that they could take something away from this and apply it to their daily lives. It's not enough just to read the scriptures. It's not enough just to know the scriptures if we're not living it out in our everyday life. Weep for our sins, but don't let it define you. Sometimes our past can be really hard to forget. And sometimes when we think we've put our past behind us, right, it sneaks up from behind and slaps us in the face. But we can't be defined by our past. And Jesus went to the cross for that very reason. You are not your past. We rejoice in the fact that God is our strength and God is our refuge. When we think of a refuge, we think of a safe place. We think of a calm place. We think of a peaceful place. And that's exactly what we have when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have that safe space. We have that calm place. We have that place we can go and put all of our troubles and all of our worries aside and focus on God. And remember, you can never, ever be too far gone. There are so many stories in the Bible, so many stories in the Bible of people that did terrible things. And guess what? They found forgiveness. Look at Paul. Paul was actively pursuing Christians to kill them. And God used him in such a powerful way. He wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. And if he can use Paul, and he can forgive Paul for killing Christians, then guess what? He can forgive you and me. He can and he will through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to be defined by your past anymore. You can put all that aside. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come up and lead us in another song. And we're, we're going to give you an opportunity that maybe you've never been baptized into Christ. Maybe you've never had a chance to be baptized to put your past behind you. To be forgiven of your sins. To receive the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit. To start that closer walk with Jesus. You have an opportunity to do that. Or maybe, maybe you found yourselves during these difficult times that we've been in, just off the path. You've just kind of lost your way. Maybe you've gotten into some really terrible habits. We would love for you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. And we'd love to help you in any way that we can. We want to invite you, if we can help you in any way, to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior is always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God is always going to be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior is always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God is always going to be. My Savior lives, my Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior loves, my Savior lives.
for being with us here this morning here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. We want to invite you to join us for our midweek Bible studies. Those take place on Zoom at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. And if you need the link or you're not receiving the emails, please feel free to reach out to the office. We will make sure that you have that in time for Wednesday night Bible study. And of course, our youth group will meet on Wednesday night at 6.30. Would you please join me as I close in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day, and we thank you for this opportunity we had to just come together as a church family. Wherever we may be, we're able to just unite, to push out the things of the world, and spend some time focusing on you. Heavenly Father, today especially, we just pray that you will help us to just forget our past. Help us to forget the mistakes that we may have made, and help us just to look to you with the hope and the joy that comes from only you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for loving us, we thank you for blessing us, and we thank you so much for loving us enough to send your Son. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, thank you for being with us. Have a wonderful week. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. So, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You have been so, so kind to me Still your love fought for me